enter into that place of peace and comfort and strength when you worship God with everything that you have. Amen? We're continuing this morning the series uh, Choosing Joy. How many have chosen joy, you know? It's better to be joyful than to be sad or be in anguish or be in depression or whatever it might be. The Bible is filled with scriptures pertaining to uh, joy. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5.22, it's mentioned second after love. Hallelujah. It's that, that's how important joy is. Signifying an important attribute in living by the Spirit. Oftentimes, joy is extinguished. Jot this down. Oftentimes, joy is extinguished or quenched by circumstances. Did you hear me? Oftentimes, joy, joy is extinguished or quenched by circumstances. And we can't allow our circumstances to dictate our joy. Our joy has to be there all the time, in good times and in bad times. Can someone say amen? amen. However, it is important to realize that by choosing joy of the Lord, it is in fact gives us the strength that we need. By choosing joy, it gives us the strength that we need to overcome obstacles that rise up on a daily basis. How many know that we have obstacles that rise up on a daily basis? There's things that rise up that we were not expecting on a daily basis. If you start your day with joy, you will end it with joy. If you start the day in anguish, if you start the day in fear, you will end up your day in fear. We have to choose. We have to make a decision. How is it that I want to carry on my day? Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, I thank you for this word that you've given me, Lord. I thank you, Father, because you, uh, you, you birthed it first in my spirit, Father. And Lord, I pray that you would use me now, Lord, that you would use my mouth, Lord, to bring glory and honor to your name, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that nobody would walk out of here the same way that they walked in. I declare that they would have an encounter with you this morning. I give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. We welcome all of those that are watching online. We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus, and I thank you uh, for connecting with us today. Hallelujah. Well, we continue in the series in reference to joy. Um, as I was preparing for this series, the Lord reminded me, uh, and, and, and I want to I share this. I want to share this with you because I want to make sure that you understand that joy can be found in simple things in life. In the simplest things in life, joy can be found. And you, and joy can, you can experience that joy and beauty in the creation of God. When uh, Minister Tyler was talking here, I said, oh God, he, he is stealing part of my message. But you know what? Uh, you could see, uh, once you open your eyes in the morning, the first thing that you should do is get on your knees and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for opening my eyes. And once you step out of the door of your house, just looking around at nature should bring joy to you. Just to look around at the flowers and look around at, at the hummingbirds or, 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 or whatever, the butterflies or whatever it might be, it should bring you joy to be able to enjoy God's creation. 
Amen? God's creation, there are people that can't open their eyes on a daily basis. There's people that can't see the beauty and things like you and I can. But God has blessed us with that. And we got to make sure that we thank God each and every day for that and not take it for granted. Amen? There's a lot of things that we take for granted in life, and we need to pause and think for a moment, Lord, thank you. Thank you for another day of breath in my lungs. Glory to God. I remember that years ago, um, Pastor Yvette and I went together with uh, Christy, Derek, and, and the girls. Uh, Isaiah wasn't even born at, at that time, and, and we had the opportunity to visit uh, Monticello, uh, which is uh, Thomas Jefferson's home. And uh, at that time, uh, Derek and Christy were living in Central Virginia. Uh, Derek was going to UVA, uh, Darden School of Business, and they were in Charlottesville. Uh, they were there for quite some time. They were there for, uh, I think it was three years. He was studying in the uh, uh, Darden uh, School of Business, and, and he took us over there. He said, we're, we're going to go over there uh, to Monticello today, and we had a wonderful time. Uh, it, it was a beautiful day. It was a super hot day, but it was beautiful. But to me, what was so amazing were, were the grounds. Obviously, we walked in the house and, and the girls were looking at the furniture and the antique furniture and the paintings and all that stuff. But to me, I was, you know how I am. I was dying to get out outside, out of those doors, outside and, and see what God has created. But um, we had the opportunity to travel inside, uh, tour inside the house and, um, and go outside to the grounds. And the property is just amazing. The views in that property is just amazing. If you have an opportunity to go, make sure that you go. Thomas Jefferson was many things, of course. Uh, he was a politician, a philosopher, an inventor. But I think he would say that most uh, one of the things that most uh, he was interested in was uh, farming, farming the land that he had out there. And I'm sure that he had an opportunity to learn uh, what would grow in that land, uh, that soil, that that red uh, clay that we have uh, up there in the mountains, just like we do in North Carolina. It's beautiful how things grow on that clay. It's just amazing. But just to walk around the grounds and see uh, how the groundkeepers, how they maintain that beautiful, lavish display of different types of flowers and fruits and vegetable, it, it's just amazing. It's beautiful. I personally love the outdoors. I, I, I love to be outdoors. I'm not a person that, that likes to be stuck in an office inside. I like nature. I like to be outside. Um, but just walking in those, uh, in those fields was just so beautiful. And to see what God created. And that still today, there are people maintaining those grounds with the same vision that he had. Um, at our house back at home in North Carolina, right now I have 22 rose bushes. Um, uh, unfortunately, we have the uh, Japanese beetles that come by every year, and we rebuke that thing in Jesus' name because they'll eat up the flower, and they'll eat up each time that it blooms, it just eats it up, and you got to continue to spray them and everything. But right now I have 22 bushes of roses, beautiful roses. Uh, we got vegetables. We got huge cucumbers. Uh, before coming down here, we Yvette pulled one of the cucumbers from the tree. And I mean, that thing was amazing. You know, I mean, super big. But to be out there, to me, 
it's just beautiful to see what God has created. You know, to see these flowers, to see, be able to walk in those fields and, and see what God has created, his creation. See the magnolia trees, the big, huge magnolia trees that have been there for hundreds of years. And to think that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that walk in those grounds on a daily basis to see that house of Jefferson. It's impressive. That brings joy to my spirit. Being outside brings joy to my spirit. Uh, 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 seeing uh, a flower blooming, uh, it brings joy to my spirit. Uh, being there and, and smelling the, the, the different flowers and uh, different roses and, and different blooms. I mean, it's just beautiful. And seeing the colors and seeing the colors, that brings me joy. That brings me joy. It's just as possible. I mean, to me, it's just impossible. I think to enjoy all the beautiful colors and the beauty that the Lord has created specifically for us, that we're part of his craftsmanship, you know, that he created each and every one of us and he did not make a mistake in each and every one of us. Okay. And not to have a self-examination and ask, what is the fruit of our Christianity? What is the fruit of our Christianity? What is going on in our life? Are we giving fruit that is well-pleasing to God, just like the flowers that we see in the field? Does our Lord receive the joy that we receive from seeing what he has created? Are you with me this morning? The, the, the fruit of what he has made in our life the same way that I receive that joy from seeing those flowers blooming or the fruits and the trees and whatever it might be, does God receive that joy when he sees each and every one of us? Are we giving a fruit? Are we giving of that fruit that he has created inside of each and every one of us? Your fruit is different than mine's. Each and every one are, of us are called to give that fruit. And that fruit consists of joy as well. Joy. The joy of the Lord. Like Pastor Yvette was saying, we were in a cruise. We, we just got back yesterday. And to me, it's just amazing. It's just amazing to see people sitting in a bar day after day, morning after morning. And seeing people spending their money on alcohol day in and day out from the moment that they get on the ship to the moment that they get off the ship. Drinking after one drink after another uh, and, and, and spending money on that on that junk. And there's other that spend their time in the in the casino. And, and you see their card hooked to the, 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 the room card, which is connected to your credit card. Connected to that machine and just on the slot machine and on the slot. Do you mean to tell me that gives you joy? Is that joy? Is that buzz that they received because of the drink that they had? Is that joy? That is temporal. And then a few hours later, they're going to be in the toilet throwing up. That is not joy. The joy of the Lord is knowing that regardless what happens or what I'm going through, you know what? God has my hand. And he will not let go. 
that has to give me joy. Uh, the, the, the joy that the, the word of God is talking about is knowing, having the assurance that regardless what happens today, I know who holds my today, my tomorrow, and the next day. That I'm in the palm of his hands. I remember when uh, Pastor Yvette had that miscarriage and, 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 and obviously, you know, we wanted to have that baby. But you know what? In the midst of all that, we were at peace. Was it a moment of joy? No, it wasn't a moment of joy because we were expecting this child, but she had a miscarriage. But still, we had the joy of the Lord inside of us to know that he's in control. And when the doctor came out and he said, would you want to know the sex? I turned around and I said, no. One day I will because I know for a fact who I trust in. And I know that I have a child in heaven. That is the joy that I have. That might have happened here, but you know what? When I get before my heavenly father, I know that I will see my son or my daughter again. That is the assurance of that joy. Joy of the Lord is not temporal. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based whether I have money in the bank or I don't have money in the bank. It's not based on how my kids are doing or not doing. I know I speak things into existence. Come on, are you with me, church? Come on, don't get quiet on me. Are you, do you understand what I'm saying? You speak things into existence. It might not be happening right now, but I believe God that it's going to happen. And that is my joy. That wakes me up each and every morning knowing that God has my back. And whatever I see going on in the atmosphere, whatever's happening around me, you know what? I have the right to change it with my attitude, with the joy inside of me, with the assurance knowing that, you know what? All is well. All is well. Because God is in control. The economy is not going to change my joy. Who's in the White House is not going to change my joy. Whatever's around me, it's not going to change my joy. Because God is in control. In John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5, Jesus used an agriculture analogy saying, I'm the true vine. And my father is the gardener. Listen to what it says. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. And then he said, abide or dwell or remain. Live in me. Listen to what it says, the word of God. Abide or dwell or remain in me. You see, people want to have joy, but not remain in him. Pe people want to have that eternal joy, but sit in the bar. People want to have that uh, joy and that peace and, and, and do things that we know that it does not align with the word of God. But the word of God says, abide or dwell or remain in me. Live in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. 
Come on, church, are you with me? It must remain in the vine. Who's the vine? Speak to me. Come on. Who's the vine? Jesus is the vine. Jesus is a vine. In order to have that peace, in order to have that joy inside of us, we must remain in Jesus. I don't care what year we're living in. I, I, I don't care what people say. Listen, what does the word of God say? The, girl, the word of God says, remain in me, dwell in me. Hallelujah. Dwell in my presence. Dwell in my house. Oh, but pastor, you know what? I go to church just on... No, 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 no. You know what? That dwelling place is your sanctuary at home. Make your home that place where God could dwell there. Where God could dwell there. The, the, the moment you turn on that pornography, God's not dwelling there. The Holy Spirit is not there. The moment something comes out of your mouth that you know that it, it does not align with the word of God, you know what? God's not there. You turn it off completely. But it says in the word of God, dwell and abide. No branch can bear uh, fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Said Jesus, I am the vine. You were the branches. If someone remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Tell the person next to you, you can do nothing. Come on, loud. You can do nothing. Aside from Jesus, we can do nothing. Jesus taught the same thing again in Matthew 7, verses 16 through 19. And he said that we will most certainly in him bear fruit. And the kind of fruit we bear shows who we are and what we are like. Who we are and what we are like. Matthew 7, verses 16 through 19. I want to read it in the NIV. Listen to what it says. By their fruit, you will, you will recognize them. By the fruit, you will recognize them. The people pick grapes from thorn bushes. Or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot be bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot be good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Into the fire. Many such passages are in the Bible over and over again speaking about fruit and speaking about this topic. The question is, what kind of fruit is in your life? What kind of fruit is in your life? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and faith. Goodness and faith. Amen? I know that sometimes we lose patience, but it's supposed to be there. It's one of the fruit. It's interesting that the second fruit is joy. Joy is an emotion, a feeling of happiness. Now, some of you are, gonna, are, are going to come back and say, now, Pastor, there's a big difference between joy and happiness. Yes, for sure. We've been through that. There's, there, there, we, we've talked about, about that before. Joy and happiness, the difference between the two. I don't know how 
how you can feel the difference in the feedings between joy and happiness. What I want to say is that the whole thing is what the basis of the happy feeling is. Is it an eternal feeling or is it a temporal feeling? A temporal feeling is not from God. Understand that. If the basis of the happy feeling is something worldly or temporal, then it's just a temporary joy. Like all non-Christian feel. There's nothing wrong with it, but you know what? That's what they feel. The happiness that comes from eating food that you like or seeing beautiful sceneries or something that happens in your life that you're happy about, those things are valid feelings. Those are valid feelings. Now, we as Christians can give thanks to God for them, and, and then that becomes an act of worship to God for what we're seeing, for what we're experiencing. For us as Christians, as believers, we have an infinite and internal reason to be happy. Let me repeat that again. For us as Christians, we have an eternal reason why to be happy. Can you say amen to that? We have an infinite and eternal reason to be happy. We have uh, 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 knowing that, you know what? Jesus died on the cross. He rose on the third, plate, uh, on the third day, and he has prepared a place for you and I. And we could freely come before him on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Joy is a deep-seated happiness in God and in the things of God, the promises of God, the achievements of God, the truth of God. That is joy. It makes us happy. It's an experience of pleasure, an experience of delight, and I think it's mixed and in, in with peace, not anxiety. Not anxiety. Joy doesn't bring you anxiety. Joy brings you that peace that you know that God has it, that God is in control. There's people that are going through big anxiety right now, tremendous anxiety right now. I mean, uh, people that are worried about everything, and you have to understand that, you know what? God is in control. Our peace has to be, you know what? Uh, uh, my peace is not going to be removed by what I'm feeding, by what I'm seeing, what, what, by what's happening in my job. You know what? God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of you. But you have to recognize that that only comes from God. Only comes from God. Christian joy is infinitely better than worldly joy because it focuses on better things, on better promises. We feel joy in God's reign over the earth and over uh, Christ's resurrection and, and the victory of knowing that the tomb is empty. Hallelujah. Jesus is the ultimate joy giver. He's the ultimate joy giver. You can trace through the gospel of Luke and just see all the different ways that we could find that Jesus produces that joy inside of people. That joy inside of people. It started when Jesus had first been conceived, just six months after his cousin uh, John was conceived in his mother's Elizabeth uh, womb. <clears throat> And Jesus' mother, Mary, went to see Elizabeth. Do you remember that? And Mary greeted Elizabeth. And John the Baptist leaped, says in the word of God, for joy. He leaped for joy in his mother's womb. Just to be in the presence of the recently conceived Jesus. 
Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. In those days, Mary set out and hurried into the town of the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, listen to this. Just by hearing Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside of her. The baby leaped inside of her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, You are the most blessed woman. You are chi your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me? That the mother of the Lord should come to me. For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. The baby leaped for joy inside of me. He who has believed is blessed. Listen to what it says in the word of God. She who has believed is blessed because what was spoken to her by the Lord will be fulfilled. Glory to God. Jesus is the joy giver. The joy giver. Anxiety does not come from Jesus. I'll tell you something interesting. I go to Walmart. I couldn't find him. I go to CVS. I can find them. I went to Target. I could not find them. I went to, um, what's the other pharmacy? Um, Walgreens. I go to Walgreens and I finally found them. We, we go on the seven-day uh, uh, cruise and I needed the pill case to be bigger because I was putting all my vitamins in there and everything. And I, had, I finally had to ask. I said, Listen, what's happening? I, I, I don't see extra large cases. And they said, you have no idea. People are just buying all kinds of pills and they got to put them in their pill cases. I said, but, but, but I'm looking at least two that are extra large, a seven day or whatever. He says, we don't have it. They come in and they fly out. He says, people are taking pills for all kinds of things. And, 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 I, and I, you know, I started to think about that and I said, my God. Before you would get to CVS, Walgreens, or whatever it was, and you would see all these pill cases and all colors, all sizes, all styles. And, and I finally got to one, and the last two that they had, I said, do you have them in any other color? You know, to give her one color and I keep a blue one or she gets a green or whatever. He said, no, no, that, that's all we have, sir, and just take them because we don't have any more. I said, it's incredible what's happening in, in our land right now. People are taking all kinds of pills for whatever it might be. Anxiety is... I mean, number one up there, you know, uh, people with stress, people with uh, a depression or whatever it might be, it's extremely high. We are living in a world that we are the only ones that are going to be able to share that joy with people. That joy with people. As we were walking around the ship and you see all these people and, uh, 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 addicted to the alcohol or addicted to the gaming, we're, we're talking to each other and we're saying, you know, that's lack of joy. Because they think that that's going to solve their problems and, and bring the joy that they need. And that's not it. That is not the answer. That is not the answer. Jesus is the joy giver. And Mary, I, I, I love this verse, and it says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit, what rejoices in God my Savior. Rejoices in God my Savior, Luke 10, Luke 2. Uh, verses 10 through 11. It says, don't be afraid, 
For look, I proclaim to you good news and great joy that will be for all the people today as a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. He brings joy into our life. Jesus' teaching on persecution, he even said, when they persecute you, rejoice and be glad. How many have been persecuted before? Come on, whether you're in school, whether you're a teacher, whether you're in a cop, whatever it might be, you know what? You've been persecuted. And you've probably been persecuted because of your faith. But you've been persecuted. But listen to what it says in the Word of God. It says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets before you. You should leave for joy. And then the 70 got sent out on a mission. And they came back after they've done all that the supernatural work. And the 70 returned with joy. And said in Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 20. They said it returned. And they said, Lord, even the demon. Listen to this. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. I watched Satan fall from heaven like a lightning flash. Like a lightning flash. Verse number 19 says, Look, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy. Nothing will ever harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Come on. Are you rejoicing that your name is written in heaven? Think about that for a moment. Are you rejoicing that your name is written in heaven? Just that right there, the fact that you got saved one day and that your name is written in heaven, that should give you enough joy inside of you that every time that those doors are open and every time that praise and worship is going on, that you lift up your hands and you sing with a good voice or a bad voice, but sing unto God. And thank God for what he has done in your life. Thank God for everything that he has done in your life. And then at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus uh, teaching in Luke chapter 15, verse 4 through 7, about how God the Father rejoiced over the salvation of a single sinner. How he rejoices over a single sinner. How many times have you gone into church and you pray for those that are going to come? Pray for those that are going to come and, and pray for those that are going to be filled with the Spirit of God and, and pray for those that the walls are going to be broken in the middle of a message, in the middle of praise and worship. The chains are going to be broken. You know what? The angels are rejoicing in heaven. Are rejoicing in heaven. And he was filled with joy at that. And he said, I tell you in the same way, there's more rejoicing in heaven over the sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous who do not repent. But no joy, no, but no joy was like the joy that Jesus gave at the resurrection. At the resurrection. That every year when we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, we know that that tomb is empty. That should bring you joy, not just at that moment, but that should bring you joy on a daily basis. 
to know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And that whatever it is that we're going through, you know what? He's in control. And whatever it is that we're going through, he made a way for us. That right there should bring joy to you on a daily basis. A continuous joy. Not a temporal joy. I'm going to have it today, but I'm not going to have it tomorrow because of the weather. Or I'm not going to have it because I got to get on the palmetto and, and fight that track. No, 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 no. That's an eternal joy. An eternal joy. Luke chapter 24, verses 40 through 53, it says, Having said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they were still amazed and unbelieving because of their joy, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They were filled with joy. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about, about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to the understanding of the scriptures. And he also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning with Jerusalem. You are witness of these things. And look, I am sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city until our empowered from on high, until you are empowered from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany. And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. And verse 52 says, And after worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, says in the word of God. With great joy, they were in the presence of Jesus. And they returned with great joy. And they were continually in the temple complex praising God. We need to have that joy on a daily basis. On a daily basis. You know what? When you wake up in the morning, thank him. And say, Lord, I thank you for the joy that you have given me today. Because I know that I'm blessed going out and I'm blessed coming back in. And I know that today you're going to open doors that no man can, Lord. And I thank you for the joy and the blessing of my life. I thank you for the favor of God on my life. Amen. Do you say that on a daily basis? Joy is a celebration of deep-seated happiness. And it's going to characterize our eternity in heaven. Our eternity in heaven. Do you think there's anybody sad in heaven? Come on. Think about that. Man, if, if my eternity is going to be joyful, why not start here? Why not start here? Do, do you think that you're going to be sitting like this in heaven? And, and, and going like this and, and, and falling asleep? Or do, do you think when you hear the trumpets and the angels singing, do you think that you're going to be like this? No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to be in awe of the presence of God. And you're going to raise your hands. And, and those that say, you know what, I can't sing at church because I, I, I don't sing and I have a terrible voice. And, and people are going to run out. You know what, you're going to be singing as well. And you're going to forget about your voice. Amen, Brother Lewis? You're going to, you're going to forget about your voice. And you're going to say, I'm in so in awe of his presence. 
and I'm going to worship him with everything that I have. That is eternal joy. That is eternal joy. Hallelujah. Can you imagine what joy, heavenly joy is going to be like? That heavenly joy, knowing that you are in the presence of God. John chapter 15, verse 18 through 21. That those who follow Christ will suffer as Christ did. As Paul later, <clears throat> as Paul later wrote in his letter to the Philippians. There is fellowship in suffering for Christ. And fellowship with Christ himself. This brings joy sustained by the Holy Spirit. Even though you might be going through something, listen to me, church, even though you might be going through something, even, even though you might be struggling in some area or going through a difficult time in your life, understand that the Holy Spirit will sustain you. The Holy Spirit will give you what you need in order to get past that, that, that barrier that you went, that, 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 that valley that you might be in. You know what? You're going to get out of that valley because the Holy Spirit is going to give you the strength that you need. That is a joy that comes from having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Though there is poverty, there is a genuine joy in people who love the Lord. Uh, Jennifer... I want to share this with you guys because I was blessed when she sent me this. Jennifer, Jennifer was sharing with me the other day when she was in, um, in Colombia. She finally uh, spent some time in Colombia where her husband is from, uh, Johannes, and, and obviously Johannes' uh, family and, and parents and stuff. And she sent this to me. And, and, and the moment that she sent this to me, I mean, it really touched my heart. And she wrote this and she said, though there is poverty, there is a genuine joy and people love the Lord. Listen to this. Though there is poverty, there's a genuine love for the Lord from the people. We have everything that we need in this country. Everything that we need. And she said, Pastor, I had the pleasure to meet an indigenous woman. She made coffee for me and talked about for 45 minutes with her. I asked her if she knew Jesus, and I am so happy to tell you that she did. The Pentecostal movement has made it over there in Colombia. And there are many indigenous people today who belong to the Christian church. Now you got to understand where, where they were. They went to a wedding, but this was out there and who knows where in the jungles or whatever it might be. And, and she met this indigenous woman. Now, do you think that woman has a comforts that you have right now? I'm not, I'm not talking about your house. I'm talking about right now in this church. Do you think she has the comforts that you have? Do you think she has air conditioner, this lighting, this beautiful lighting, the comfortable chairs that you're in right now? 
Uh, if you're thirsty, you got water back there. And if you need to go to the restroom, there's a toilet that you could go to with a toilet seat and you can flush the toilet. Do you think she has it? No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. We were just in Roatan right now in Honduras. We were in Mexico. Do you think those people have the comforts that we have? No. But you know what? In the midst of all that, in the midst of all that, the people have the joy of the Lord. Genuine joy of the Lord. I remember going to the Dominican Republic, and that's a year that I took the youth over there to make um, uh, uh, homes, uh, five homes for needy people. And you know what? Uh, these people had so much need. I mean, uh, people just throwing their, their mats Uh, not 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 a, a bed and a mattress, you know, just a, a, a mat, a simple mat that they put there on 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 top of that clay and and water coming down from the mountain. And this one mother tells me, Pastor, you have no idea when the rain comes down, snakes comes out from the mountains. And they, my daughter has been in our what she said her room, a little hut that I went into. It was just a curtain dividing one side for her daughter and one side for her and her husband. And she says many times at night, my daughter comes in because she, she feels something on her back and it's snakes that are coming down from the mountain because of rain. But still they had joy and they were in church on Sunday. And they were in church during the week. And they never got there late. They got there early because they spent at least half an hour before the presence of God just praying for the service and praying for the souls of people that are going to come into the service that Sunday or that day during the week. Again, without air conditioner, without everything that we have, all the commodities that we have in this country. Thank God for that. But they had the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord to know that, you know what? I got to go to church and I got to thank God and I got to praise God for my bread today that I'm going to be able to bring to my kids. Even if it's old bread, but still we're going to boil this bread and we're going to do a soup or whatever it might be. With the little that I have, it's the joy that they have. And yet we are spoiled in this country, rotten spoiled, because if the air conditioning is not working and the carpet is not nice and the chairs are not comfortable in church and the coffee's not good, I will not go to worship God. Come on, church, don't get quiet on me. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And I get concerned because this is happening at church and, and it ha it's happening at work and it's happening in my home and, and this and that, and I'm not going to go to church. That is not genuine joy. Genuine joy is knowing that whatever is happening around me, you know what? I make the decision that I will be joyful today. That I will be joyful today. And I will put a smile on my face, even though things might be happening. I'm going to put a smile on my face. And that is not being a hypocrite. Because I know that God has everything in the palm of his hands. And I am in the palm of his hands. Whatever it is, if it's finances, my job, my marriage, my kids, whatever it might be, God has me there in the palm of his hands. We need to be genuine Christians. Not just Christians when things are going well in our bank. And our stocks are doing good. And, and my career is doing great. No, 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 no. At all times. At all times. At all times.
that people could say, man, I can't understand how you're so joyful knowing what's going on in your marriage or your kids or your finances. You still have that because God's in control. God's in control, church. It's not you. It's not me. It's God in control in our life. That is the joy that we're talking about. That is the joy that the Lord is talking about. To have joy in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Would you stand this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, church, the best this lost world has to offer is nothing compared to what Jesus has for you. Is nothing compared to what Jesus has for you. Understand that whatever this world has is to destroy you, not to give you anything eternal. Our focus has to be eternal, not temporal. You got to understand, you, you got to engrave this in your spirit that we are just passing by. This is not my home. I'm, 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 I'm just passing by. I, I am not going to make a home here. I, I'm, I'm just passing by. I'm just passing by and allowing this vessel to be used for God and everything. My home is eternity. I, 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 I was on, I was buying a watch. Mm. I was buying a watch there in, 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 the, in the ship. And, and before I, I, I was buying the, the watch, my hand was like this on the counter. And the guy that's looking at me, he was from where? Prince? I, 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 yeah, an African country. I forgot which one. But anyways, my hand was like this with this ring that I have on. And he comes up to me. Interesting, his name is Prince. And he comes up to me and he thought that I was a mason. I've never been a Mason. I don't have family members that have been Mason, thanks to God. But the way that I have my hand positioned, it was like a sign to him that I was Mason and he was coming to greet me as a Mason. And I started to talk to him. And I said, you know, and, and, and Pastor Eddie Mazio with, with me as well. And, and Pastor Yvette was with me as well. And we started talking, talking about his name and all that stuff. And he says, my name is Prince, but down in my home, my village, my father is a prince. Wow, that's interesting. We continue to talk until we finally got to it. And I said, do you know the Lord? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know the Lord. I know the Lord. And I said, but, but have you ever confessed with your mouth? He said, no, no, I, I know the Lord. I I, I know about the Lord and, you know, but, but, but I'm from the other side. And here, here I'm go thinking I'm from the other side. Well, what are you talking about? I mean, today from the other side could mean many things. 
And, uh, and I'm saying, but, but what do you mean you're from the other side? And he says, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I know the Lord. I, I, I just know the Lord. And, I, and we went back and forth for the longest time, and he would not give me a clear answer. And I said, let me ask you something, Prince, right now. If you would die right now, you'd know where you're going? And he's, I said, yeah, that, that, that's the bottom line. Do you, I, you, you're telling me that you're from the other side, but you're not telling me what you mean by the other side. So he finally came out and he said, you know what? Um, um, uh, my, my father and my family and, were Mason. And I said, brother, you, you could be a Mason. But at the end of the day, we're all going to die. And one day... We're all going to stand before the Lord. And you need to know where you're going. Because if I die right now, I know exactly where I'm going. But you need to, do you know where, and he moved back again. And I said, right now, if you would die, where are you going? He never answered my question. Asked Pastor Yvette, and he moved back. And I said, this is simple. I said, the Lord will send a prophet one time, two times. But you know what? Your, your, your day of salvation is right now. I said, do you want to accept Jesus right now and, 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 and receive him as your Lord and Savior? And he said, no, 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 no. I, I'm from the other side. I said, I understand you're from the other side, but forget about the other side. One day you will die and you need to make a decision where you're going to go to heaven or hell. You need a Savior right now. And he said, no, 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 no. And he backed, he really moved back away from me. And it's interesting because then I, I, I have collection of watches. I love watches. And the next day they put a selection of watches that I really liked. And I go back there again and Prince is there. And you know what he told me? He says, there's something. Every time that I see you here and I look at you, there, there's something that, that I just don't understand. I said, I know what it is. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And every demon in hell, every demon in hell, understand this church, has to tremble when they see you standing in front of a person. And then and I am not going to bow down. I am not going to, I'm not going to move back or get nervous or anything like that. You could be from the other side, but you know what? At the end of the day, you still need a savior because you are going to die. Having the joy of knowing that we receive Jesus, Sandra, as a Lord and Savior one day, glory to God. You know what? That has to give me joy, Hilda, to know that the tomb is empty and to know that regardless of my circumstances, what's happening around me, I got the joy to know that I might die today, but I will be before the presence of my father today in a blinking of an eye. Being absent from the body is being present before the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So don't tell me you have nothing to be joyful about. We got everything to be joyful about. Everything to be joyful about. Allow the Lord to use you. Be bold enough to know that, you know what? I don't care if you're a prince, a queen, or whoever you are, the president or the whoever, you need Jesus in your life. You need Jesus in your life, regardless what's your family background. This world just offers temporary happiness. 
But when the seed of God has been placed inside of your human spirit, the divine seed produces joy. Somebody needs to write this down. Somebody needs to receive this joy. Somebody needs to write this revelation. But when the seed of God has been placed inside your human spirit, that divine seed produces joy and the joy of the Lord, not the joy of circumstances, but the joy of God, the joy of the Lord. That isn't based on outward events or circumstances. In fact, when times get very challenging, listen to me, church. When there's times of challenge, when times get hard, supernatural life of God rises inside your spirit. That supernatural joy, that supernatural life rises inside of you. And you can't contain yourself. You want to share with everyone you come across. It's the spirit of God that moves inside of you. It's the spirit of joy that moves inside of you. That has to change circumstances. We need to understand. We, we, it needs to be engraved in our spirit. You know what? We have the ability to come into a situation. It might be very dark. But when I step in there, when you step in there, under the anointing of God, circumstances have to change. They got to submit to the word of God. Come on, somebody praise him this morning. Somebody praise him this morning. John chapter 15, verse 9, verse 11, it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love when you obey my commandments. You remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commandment and remain in his love. I have told you this, these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Come on, church. It says, fill with my joy. Yes, your joy will be overflowing. Come on, Heather. It says overflowing. Overflowing, church. Get that in your spirit. Your joy will overflow. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands right there. Lift up your hands right there and just thank God right now. Just thank God. There, 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 there's something inside of you that needs to thank God right now. There's something that you've been praying for for the longest time. And thank God already for that breakthrough. Don't wait until you see it with your eyes. But thank him already. Say, Lord, I, I choose to be joyful this morning. I choose, Lord. I make the decision right now to be joyful. Because I know that you're breaking a breakthrough for me. I know that you're going to open that door, Lord. I know that my kids will be saved. I know that I'll get that house that I've been praying for for the longest time. That car, that job, that vehicle, that wife, that husband, whatever it might be. Lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask the ushers to come up as we get ready for communion this morning. Oh, Come on, worship him in your heavenly language. Oh, thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba, for your presence. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba, for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Touch us right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Touch us right now 
in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba, for the joy that you give us. Thank you, Abba, for your sweet presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your sweet presence. I want to give you an opportunity right now if you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you this, the opportunity right now to accept Jesus and, and have that peace that I'm talking about and have that joy inside of you and, and having that assurance that if you die right now, you know exactly where you're going. Have that joy, glory to God. Have that joy of knowing, Lord, if you call me home, Lord, I know where I'm going. I know that you have prepared a place for me. Those that are watching online right now as well, like the ones that are here this morning, if you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you just lift up your hands? I, I just want to pray. I just want to pray for you and give you the opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe there's somebody that's watching online that, that you said, Pastor, I can identify with that message that you've given me. I, I, I haven't felt that peace. I haven't felt that joy. I've been struggling with depression or anxiety. If that is you, you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now. And allow the Lord to just come into your life and, and strip away whatever is not pleasing to Him. And I guarantee you, your peace that's going to, the peace that surpasses all understanding is going to fall on you right now, this moment. If you say this prayer, church, would you say this with me? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, say it loud that the Lord can hear you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I come before you right now, Lord, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins, Lord. Father, for there are many, Lord Jesus. But Lord, I thank you for your son that is seated at your right hand that paid the price for eternity for me. Shed his blood. Shed his blood. Shed his blood for my salvation and made a way for me in order for me to enter eternity, to have a home secure for me. So, Father, I come before you right now, and I accept your Son as my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Abba. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you said that prayer, you just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and the, and the heavens are, are rejoicing right now to know that someone has come to Christ. You're a believer right now. In Jesus Christ, your, your days will never be the same. Everything has changed from this moment on. You've made the best decision in your life. The decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Make sure that you write us an email and let us know that you made this prayer today. And we will talk to you about your next steps. God bless you and we will see you next Sunday again. God bless you.